Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call to join Allworth's Money Matters. Call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen. Pat McLean, thanks for joining us. Yeah, glad to have you. Talk about financial stuff. Uh, yes. Financial planning is really an interesting. <laughs> the whole concept of money and managing your money and accumulating some wealth. Well, the whole concept of retirement is a relatively new concept. Well, most of the world is still f- struggling to from paycheck to paycheck. Or not even a paycheck. Having a job. Yes. I had a friend of mine move to Mozambique, Africa 15 years ago. Um, kind of is he a missionary? Mission, part mission, part uh, economic development of sorts. So he he's got a like bed and breakfast, like a little inn, on this kind of beautiful island, and right outside of um, in Mozambique. He says that the uh, his employee, the average employee, pays hit their paycheck covers eighteen people. The unemployment's so low there. I mean, so so massive. Right. Employment is so low. The average employee feeds 18 people on that one paycheck. That's correct. That's amazing. So, essentially, if you have 7% employment, uh, you can... <laughs> that's <laughs> that's what the numbers say. The economy was, right? I, that's so, what the numbers say. That's so much of the world still lives. I mean, I pick that's an extreme example. Uh, very poor area. He's, but much of the world's that. So obviously we're, this is mostly um, U.S. based. There's some other, but most of, of us. Did you just listener, say this is rich people problems? They're not problems, but look, it's a, it's a wonderful luxury to be in a society where we have lot, lots of opportunities. But with that comes well, responsibility, it, it, right? You've got you've to own it. Or if not, make sure you've got a good partner that helps you along the way. Because it's not that simple. It's That's, really not that so, simple. And the behavioral finance is the biggest issue. Well, so... The behaviors, l- l- our l- own human emotions. Let's step back for a second. Here's what I think a good financial advisor does. It helps you design a plan, but you use them as a sounding board. Right before we went on the air today, Scott, were we not discussing our own personal yes, we finances we we with were. each other, yeah, we were. <laughs> right? And what did you say? Well, this money is absolutely has to be safe money. And That's I'm right. not, I'm not sure it's, I'm treating it that way. And so it's exactly right. Uh, right. So I, I was just thinking about that. Like a financial advisor, it's a small piece of my overall portfolio. Th- that's right. That's right. But a good financial advisor is someone that acts as a sounding board. So, Right before we go on the show today, you and I were discussing our own personal finances before we go on this podcast. And we are both professionals with 30 plus years of experience. (laughs) But we wanted each other's view of the world, correct? That's right. Yeah. So I think a good financial advisor does that. And a good financial advisor is one who's going to be there and help guide your decisions as well. That's and keep you from making mistakes from which you cannot recover. Yes. Particularly as you get older. In an educated decision making, not just right emotional or 
I've got a yeah, gut feeling. I think, look, one of the reasons we've done this program for 28 years, and we all do all kinds of education uh, material on our website, is so that people can be informed enough to make a wise decision. And I know that, look, we've got 20-some thousand households as clients at Allworth. And a lot of people hire us because they want someone else to deal with it, which is great. I totally get it. Or it's a luxury. It's the point now, they're like, I could afford to have someone manage it, and that way I don't have to worry about it. And I've got sounding board, and I've got that sort of thing. But, it, I mean, if you're not – but even, even those folks, they need to – I remember years ago, Pat, I had uh, this couple. They, it was an early retire. This is a long time ago. They had an early retirement from a company, a pension buyout. Basically, the company said, hey, you either take this retirement offer today or tomorrow you get fired. What would you like to do? So they took this retirement They called offer. them the tap, right? <laughs> Whatever, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and back then, the kind of we did some sort of plan, and then they came in, and we had a, I had a meeting scheduled just to discuss the investments, right? Spend some time to educate them, whatnot. They came in, they said they had like 15 minutes because there was a beanie baby, I swear to you, this is a, there was a beanie baby convention that they were had to get to. And I looked at them, I thought, if you don't, I mean, <laughs> no one cares about your money as much as you, like you take, like you, I just, one of, it was the strangest thing, but I thought you were taking no responsibility for your finances here. Well, fortunately you, you were helping them, but they should have. You, they but, had, but uh, people need to be you got somewhat to educated. This. No one cares about your money as much as you That's do. That's right. And if you don't really understand, when markets go through their cycles, when some your investment goes down in value, oh my gosh, why did my $800,000 fall to seven fifty? What's my advisor doing? He must be an idiot. Well, you're going to have a hard time moving forward if you, if you don't have a good understanding of what's going on. Yeah. Speaking of Beanie Babies, have you watched the uh, documentary about the Beanie Babies? I've watched it four times. <laughs> you haven't now. Of course you? not. Why would I watch a documentary on Beanie Babies? I watched it. What does that say about me? <laughs> well, that's why I, I poked you like that. <laughs> it was fascinating. It was fascinating. With just the whole viral aspect? Yeah, yeah it was. It was like Taylor Swift today. I don't know. I mean, there's some... Oh, I, I don't even know where to go with that comment, but... She's so popular because she's so popular. She can't be that much better of a musician than others. Okay. Like this stuffed animal. My 13-year-old was, was, was saying, Dad, hey, she says, why don't you take me to Europe? Because we can get a Taylor Swift concert ticket less expensive. I laughed. We're not going to. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how I responded. Oh. Because she wanted me to take her to Taylor Swift when she was right. here touring well, the States. Anyway, you should watch the Beanie Baby um, documentary. It's it, it it was a supply and demand. It was a classic. Wow! But why did it get so faddish? Uh, that's because, my whole point. It's that, like these that's fads. Right, that's people right. get excited about something. Like Bitcoin. Rock when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> NFTs, non fungible tokens, Bitcoin, human nature, pet rocks. Do you remember the pet rock? I was a little well, kid. Okay, so for anyone under the age of 50. <laughs> Google pet rock. Google People pet rock. They bought these. <laughs> Brilliant marketers. <laughs> so if you're under the age of 50, Google pet rock. Pet rock. And then you'll and then, look at your parents and think, and they at, really are that stupid. Soap on a rope at the same time. Oh, the we same had soap era. on the rope? That's about the same era. All right, let's go to the I calls I had soap here. on the rope. I got it for Christmas one year. <laughs> <That's> my... <laughs> Along with the pet rock. 
<laughs> I bought a pet rock for my brother. Like in the fourth grade. And I asked my mom, why do why do I need to buy one? Why can't I go to the backyard? And she had to explain to me it was the whole instructions on how to take care of the rock. Uh, yeah. Okay, all right. Um we're gonna go to calls. <laughs> what? No wonder we're in the predicament we are as a society we bought soap on a rope beanie babies and pet rock the whole concept of soap on a rope seems complicated it's hanging over the shower you gotta take it off i could put it on the counter I, I, there's probably just, someone out there that's still making all right, soap let's on a just, rope let's go to the calls all right we're in uh, colorado talking with leslie leslie you're with all worth money matters hi scott hi pat hi leslie, hi, leslie. Great to talk to you. Well, thank you, thank you for uh, suffering through our little uh, <laughs> we found funny. trip through nostalgia land. What can we do for yeah, you? Yeah, well, it was fun. I've got a couple of boxes of Beanie Babies still stored away. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. The you're the one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someday they'll be worth that 25000 again or whatever yes. it was. But, yeah. um, I actually have to say, too, my dad is a huge fan of your show, and he introduced me to it about a year ago. Um, and now we're regular listeners oh, so, good. because well, he's you. always listening to the podcast when he's at the gym. I just have to say, hi, dad. How cute is that? <laughs> um, anyways, I have a couple of questions for you because I've got some extra cash in my budget, which I think is a good problem, I hope. Um, so here's a little bit of my backstory. Um, I'm 38 and my husband is 42. We have a couple of kids. They're eight and five. And we have our, our total joint gross income is 200000 And we have a house, and we owe 233000 on our house right now. It's worth about 550000 And we refinanced a few years ago. We have a good rate, 2.3. 2.3? Um, is that yeah. a 15-year loan, or was that a... Th- it, it was. Yeah. It was a 15-year loan. And here's the thing, I guess here's the point that I will probably come back to. We only have about 10 years left on that mortgage. And right, and part of that, we're paying it off ahead of time because we're using about, we have like $250 extra cash in our budget that we've just been dumping into the mortgage. Stop, I wouldn't do that. Stop that. Stop that. Okay. Because <laughs> you can make five and a half percent in, in a savings account today. So you'd be better off putting the money into the savings account and, this and then is, plan it to the this mortgage. This is 100% contrary to the advice I would have given you 24 months ago. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, but interest rates are... Yeah, correct. The environment changed. Yeah, you might not have told a 38 and 42-year-old to make any extra... Their pawn's going to be paid off in 10 years anyway. Uh, probably. Yeah, you I think you're right. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So stop that. Um, okay. So I guess here's a question for you, because really the reason... I've been doing that is obviously like part of it is just my brain like doesn't want a mortgage. I don't want debt. Right. So, and that's maybe not, that's just the feeling side of me, like probably not super logical at this point, but I haven't, I, you know, I, I know I've heard you guys mention like, or offer advice of like maybe putting it in an IRA. I, the reason why I've like held off on doing that is because I, I would like to buy a bigger house. In the future, I don't know, like near future, I can't say when, but probably within 10 years. Okay. So my thought is having that money in the house, 
then allows me to kind of like use that for like a future. House, but but right? just put it in a high yield savings account and it's spread between what you're, you're earning making- on the spot. The, so let's just say I had a hundred thousand dollars uh, that you had today and you could either put it in the high yield savings account or put it against the mortgage uh-huh. to put it against the mortgage is going to cost you $2,700 a year versus keeping it 2300. in 2300. Oh, I understand. But I'm assuming that high yield savings account is going to pay somewhere around 5%. I got, I got, I got so the spread between that is 2,700. So if you had a hundred grand and you said, okay, I want to pay this down on the mortgage. And I said, well, just go and put it in a high yield savings account. You'll be, $2,700 ahead at the end of the year. Does that make sense? And you still have the cash that you can always apply to the mortgage later. That's right. That's why you I don't. Think. So I like the concept, Leslie, if, you're, if your hope and plan is to buy a, a, a bigger house sometime down the road, I like the idea yeah. of taking this extra money and just having a savings account and earmarketing, earmarket for your future home. Got it. Okay. Yeah, Perfect. easy. And then easy. it starts yeah. to build up. And then also, you're also put you in a position when you... You, you find something, you can you move fast. Yeah. So you want to go to bankrate.com and look to see what the highest yielding uh, government. There's probably other programs out there, but that's the one. I'd that's one I use. Yeah. Bankrate. Bankrate.com. Okay. And just look for a high yield money market account. Perfect. Okay. I will do that. I have one more question yeah. for you. Do we have a little more time? By the way, Leslie, you're going to, you're, you're doing great. You're doing great financially and you'll be just fine. You can just tell okay. by your discipline approach. Okay, that's good to hear. Yep. Um, I also have a question for you on our, our, our retirement account. So both my husband and I have um, 401ks, and combined it's about 400000 And we have a little bit in Roth. Most of it's in a traditional account. Is there, do you have any recommendations as far as how, what that breakdown should look like for future contributions? Two hundred thousand. I would probably still be putting. I would, I would do the majority in in the tax deferral, pre tax. Pre tax. Yeah, okay. I would too. You're probably going to stay in the same tax bracket most of your life. How? Okay. What was your? You're, you're at two hundred thousand today. What were you guys five years ago? For income, yeah, probably probably one fifty. Okay, so incomes come up. I'd, I'd, I'd do it pre-tax. 100% not like any... But I'd also, I mean, I I would do the... Uh, I'd do Roth IRAs for the both of you. You both... Do you work we, as well, Leslie, outside the home? Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah, we both we both make 100000 a year. So um, right now, like my 401k, for example, I put... It's like 20% Roth, 80% traditional... And my husband, on the other hand, his is almost all traditional, just a little bit of raw. I liked your approach because, look, nobody knows what's going to happen in the future on all these mm-hmm. things. And you're hedging your bet a bit, a bit. The challenge with doing too much Roth, of course, you're choosing to pay taxes today, which you. What's the what's the marginal tax rate in the state of Colorado? Is it high? I don't I don't know. Is it medium? Is it low? I mean, that would be a driver. I think it's I what know. about six percent or something, Colorado, six or seven percent. I don't remember. Not sure, but you can also you can also do a Roth IRA for with extra dollars. Do you have extra dollars outside of that two fifty a month? No. Okay. Then I like that. I like the concept of taking the two fifty and putting it in an account 
And that's your your dream house account. And would you do the Roth versus the on the 401k? 80 20, 75 25? Well, I mean the reality is if your husband suddenly switched to 80 20 next week without changing the dollar amount, you would end up funneling more towards your retirement account because, because you'd have more net spendable income in retirement. Because your your tax bill would go up the day after. Right? Because if we're not contributing to a Roth, we don't get that tax deduction. So we're Correct, yeah. Like if we were looking at saying, How I want to funnel as much money, I want as much net dispendable income in retirement, uh, and we could do in the maximum into our four hundred one K, the Roth you're funneling more money in than the tr- than the traditional Because you prepaid the tax. Because you prepaid the tax. But it would cost you a lot more to make that same maximum contribution. I think you're fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't mess with it. Okay. Let continue. What, per- what percentage are you putting in to your retirement accounts? What of your pay? Right now, yeah. Right now, my my retirement account is twenty percent Roth. No, what, no, no. What, what percentage of your, your pay? Oh. grand is going in there. Oh, sorry. I have fifteen percent going great. pre-tax. And your husband? Uh same. Oh, you're great. fine. You're good. And then we we do we both do ten percent Roth today as well. So we're both contributing. Okay. Yeah, we're, you're fine. We're you're fine. You're fine. Oh, okay. you are. You're good. Yeah, yeah. You're fine. Yeah. You're fine. You're fine. Let sleeping dogs lie. Okay. Yeah. I go like go that. worry about thank other you. problems of your life. This yeah. one you got pretty well. <laughs> you're you're, you're yeah. good. You're good. And 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 thank your father for um telling you to listen to our podcast. That's right. Yeah. Thanks. Good advice. Yeah. Always but then well. again, <laughs> Leslie cares about her finances, which is why she listens to her podcast. That's right. <laughs> As opposed to someone I bumped into a few months ago at the gym. And Scott, you guys still doing the radio show? He lives in the Sacramento region. We've been broadcasting for. I said, I said, I guess you don't. I said, I guess you don't listen much. Otherwise, you'd know the answer to that. He says, I, I think I got it. Okay. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I, okay. There we go. <laughs> you can't live with me in retirement. That's all I can say. <laughs> Why wouldn't you listen to that stuff? If you care about your finances, you probably will not be listening you, to no, our program or no. something. Yes. Yeah. But if you don't, or if it's just all a nuisance, some people view it all as a nuisance. Oh, I don't like dealing with money. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. All right. Let's uh, talk. You know what I've been listening to, what you uh, listening to? is the uh, Wall Street Journal's podcast on FTX. I have I myself. Bank, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You've been enjoying it? I, I like most of their podcasts they put out. I don't know if the topic interests me, but that Sam Bankman-Fried dude was... Uh, I found it, I, Scott, I find it absolutely fascinating by how many big investors got sucked into the whole thing. Human nature, behavioral big. finance, the same thing. Right? You can look at, I, we've seen it, right? These professional investors have these massive spreadsheets. They have these journal analysts to spend, stay up till two in the morning working on these massive spreadsheets. If they want an answer, if they want to move forward on something, they just change the assumptions. To make it. To make it tell the story they want. Then they feel good about it. They check the boxes. And then and the number said. <laughs> and then, right? He just changed the assumptions a bit. Yeah. I mean, this is comparable to Theronos. Um, what was her name? Oh, FDA, uh, Elizabeth Holmes. Yeah. I just find it absolutely fascinating how people get sucked. How, like, Sequoia Capital got sucked in. <laughs> I just <laughs> find it absolutely The amazing. number one venture Oh, yeah, fund it, it, in history. It, yes. I mean, I just find it absolutely, with almost no due diligence. They were just like a bunch of lemmings. I'm sure they had all kinds of big spreadsheets, Pat. Change the assumptions. You know, my son creates those spreadsheets for a living. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, can you change the assumption on cell 28? All right, let's talk with Ryan. Ryan, you're with All Worth Money Matters. Scott and Pat, uh, appreciate you taking my call. Thank you. How can we help? Hey, uh, yeah, first I just want to say, guys, I actually started listening to you when I was a 19-year-old college kid, and I'm um, 41 now, and oh. man, over the past 20 years, you guys have totally helped my uh, personal finance a great deal. Well, listen, awesome. you, helped <laughs> you helped your finance. If you weren't listening to us, you would have listened to somebody. Yeah, 19 years of age. I mean... <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I guess so. I guess we'll never know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I kind of calling uh, to get your guys' advice. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about taking out a whole life insurance policy, and uh, not necessarily a traditional policy, but one that's more geared towards allowing me to overfund with the idea that the overfund dollars would grow tax-free. So I kind of want to just get your guys' take um, on if this I'd be a good fit for something like this. And, and where did this idea come from? Yeah, so I, I'm living in California. Uh, my wife's a, a high earner, and so anything that that is tax free is kind of gets my antennas up. So I kind of really just a tax free. Are you guys maxing out your 401k retirement accounts? Yeah. How about it, Roth IRAs? You know, I stopped doing the Roth once we got into the you know 32 federal bracket, just because I didn't know if it made much sense being in California with that, but. Um, so I have like 75 in Roth. And do you have children? Yeah, 11 and 9. Or I'm sorry, 9 and 10. And have you funded their 529s? You know, oh my God, here we have 115 in it. So oh. it's not, probably won't be fully funded, but uh, that's... Um, What's that's your overall net worth? Um, shoot, man. Uh Probably a couple million if I between real estate. I have some investment real estate, and then between that and the four hundred one k. And the reason I like, I always look at these are like the this permanent life insurance, like the very last thing to go. This is number twelve on the list of things you should do. So we're clicking through the list of things you should do, like your HSA. Do you have an HSA account? I do not. But he might not have a high deductible. You don't have have a better. So you you know it's really hard for me to answer because. I own one of these policies, as does Scott Hansen. Okay. Uh, full disclosure, I got my annual statement uh, in the mail. I looked at my annual statement this morning. Oh, you did? Uh, yes. <laughs> so I mean, mine's done really, really well. Yeah, because it's been 30 years, and That's it's a right. variable life insurance policy. It's not a whole life. funded. Yes, and turned it into a mech. So mine, the, the policy value, my cash value is about 60% of what the death benefit is. So I had it so the death benefit didn't increase. I haven't made a premium payment on mine in I never five had. I years. made one. I made a single. No, I didn't. Uh, I paid it over a couple of so, years. So, under um, the, uh, so this is a weird because normally we'd say this is a terrible idea. Okay. But it's probably not for you. It might be a great okay. idea for you. And I wouldn't buy a whole life. I'd buy a variable well, universal. Might be a life. variable whole life policy. That might make some sense. But why would you buy okay. a, a whole life versus still, a variable? I still wouldn't. I, I wouldn't buy that policy today. I wouldn't buy it. You do have so an insurance need you, for the next decade or so. Yeah, and I have term insurance. I, I definitely wouldn't be buying it, obviously. I, I can't tell you how day. many people I've seen um, cash in their whole life or reduce it down to next to nothing because they just don't. They get later in life. They mm-hmm. save money. They don't need it. What's the family income? Um. Five to six hundred, depending on bonuses. I, listen, uh, I, yeah, I listen. I can, um, I, I, but why is that better than just say buying an S and P five hundred or a total market fund? 
Well, because well, I don't think he's going to spend it in his whole lifetime. Well, and, and I don't know if this changes um, my idea. So I, I buy long, you know, buy and hold real estate. And so the idea of kind of having money to where if a good deal comes, you know, a rehab or something, the idea of being able to, you know, borrow against it. Oh, well, no, that's no, a no, terrible no, no. idea. That's nope. a terrible idea. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wouldn't do that at all. They tell the, 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 the insurance agent talk about how you can borrow against yeah, it, but there's yeah. a cost for that too. But, but you can borrow against an S and P 500 fund as well. You can margin the thing. That's true. Right? That. So okay. these are like bank on yourself. You hear all this garbage commercials like bank on yourself. Now you and you get these policies and look, there's a question of whether you you're being sold one or you're buying I wouldn't one. Buy, look, the one I've got, I wouldn't buy that again. And it's done very well, but it would have done it would have done even better in just a pure index fund because the cost internal cost would have been less. Okay. And, pr- and, I, and I and I have I have some I have a term policy because I've got some kids. I've got a term policy that the premium I pay for my $2 million term policy is uh, less than I I think whatever the, I think I've got about whatever the, I've got a very small amount of death benefit inside this. And I just, I looked at the statement this morning. I'm paying 1200 and some dollars a year for a very small benefit. Right. So life insurance, life insurance is the difference the difference, between cash value yeah. and the face value. I'm going to agree with Scott. I'm going to agree buy. with Scott. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't buy mine again either. And tax laws have changed since the, when I bought my 30. We both bought it like 30 years ago. 31 years ago. I wouldn't bother. All right. Well, yeah. No. Well, and nope. then one quick question. And this is, might be a little too general, but, you know, so I'm like I said, I'm 41. My wife's 46. And is there like a magic? I, I self-manage everything right now. Is there an age where you would say, you know, when I'm five years out from retirement or a certain when I should actually sit down with the planner? No, you should do it really- today. Because I'm telling you something, you're missing things. Your 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 okay. portfolio five hundred thousand dollars a year income. Your portfolio is not as tax efficient as it should be. I'm just I could tell you today. You walk into my office, you sit down with an advisor for fifteen minutes, and you'll be saying, "Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm yeah. just the reality is. Yeah, at your at, yeah, and you can afford it. Yeah, you've got a lot. Yeah. It, it, it wouldn't take much in the way of uh, some good planning to just tax efficiency. Hey, appreciate the call. Let's uh, talk now with Bruce in California. Bruce, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Good day, gentlemen. Hello. How Hi. are you today? Good, Bruce. You're what really can we good. do to help, please? Well, uh, I'm a product of your podcast. That's where this question comes from. Already? Uh, I can go back and look at the market, the three major indexes, um, to when I deposited a large sum of money into a managed account. Okay. Um, and today, all three of the indexes are at or where they were back in July of 2021. Um, but my looking at my account, it's that money was all invested, I think, in what they are of bonds. Um, electronically traded funds, ETFs. But how do I tell that? So the stock market, the three major indexes have returned to at or above where they were when the money was deposited, but that money hasn't recovered. The amount has not recovered from where it was when we deposited it. So on the bonds, how do you, how do I know that I'm in the right bond account? So uh, a question for you. Are you taking any income from this account? No. 
Okay. And how much money did you deposit it in July of 2021? $850,000. And what's the account value today? 779 And what percentage of it is in stocks versus bonds? Do you know? I think it's all bonds. I think it's like it's distributed across something like 21 um, ETFs. And who's managing the portfolio? It's it's managed by a company. Okay, it's not me. I didn't. <clears throat> I didn't pick it. And you think so? In so you have twenty one different ETFs in bonds. Are they? All, are you sure they're all in bonds? They're all different funds. I mean, there's okay. some in Vanguard and iShares. Got it. Okay. Okay. And what like what is the name on the Vanguard? Do you have an account statement close by? Um, I can probably get that for you. Set iShares. It's probably yeah. Yeah, my guess is my guess is you have a broadly diversified portfolio of stocks and it bonds. Um, so the so so comparing this portfolio one for one across the indexes that you've actually so I assume you're using the S and P. Are there a lot of transactions in this? Um, I, that I. I'm not. I can't tell you for sure. I mean, because you, 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 if if you had one stock fund and one bond fund, and and two years down the road, the indexes on both of those were higher, you could have a loss in your portfolio if you were somebody making transactions and buying at things at the wrong time, selling low and buying high. It 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 shouldn't be. It shouldn't be at seven eighty. If you started at eight fifty in July of twenty twenty one, because I'm trying to remember exactly which the months did, and I yeah, mean, it's still a relatively short time frame, two years, and we went through a bear market. So, and and uh, yeah, last year was a rough year for the for the bond market. So I'm not. You know, I mean, if you're curious about uh, whether this is the right portfolio, have someone do a second opinion on for you. Okay, because um, that's what it, you know. I heard. You know, like I said, I'm a avid listener. You guys are amazing. I've learned a lot. Um, the humor is spectacular. Um, I mean, a, a, a reputable it, advisor, it, yeah, a, a, a reputable advisor, fiduciary advisor, if your portfolio is in, in great shape, they'll say your portfolio is in great shape. And it's clearly understandable two years into a relationship with an advisor. Did you Did you just start with this advisor two years ago? Um, no, it's probably a little bit longer than that. Okay. But it's been, it's been longer and we've been happy with the advisor. Well, have you just Um, had these questions? And they, well, they've come up with, you know, like you were talking uh, a show or two ago about treasuries, you know, they're returning 7%. And that's what I'm wondering. Is there another vehicle that this money can go into that would it would start returning back to the original amount quicker than whatever these funds are in. Well, I imagine imagine the portfolio was quite a bit lower in January 1st of this year, and it's had quite a bit of recovery this year. Is that right? Correct. It has. It's had, well, this year, um, year to date, it's had a 7% recovery. Uh, Um, This year to date. But um, I guess, my guess is you are heavily weighted in bonds. bonds. Yep. Yep. And I think that's, yeah, because I'm looking at you know it's Invesco, I share, I share, I share. Yeah, but they I all share. have they all. Yeah, yeah. This, my uh, guess is that it's heavily it, heavily weighted bonds. Um, right. And how is there a way to understand? You know, like 
it's oh yeah, it's yeah, easy. Listening to your- it's easy. You, you, you call an outside advisor, you call our office and they'll set you up. You can look, we're not advertising, but many firms, they'll build you a model of your portfolio and tell you what it looks like and, and give your opinion really on simply. it. It's pretty, uh, I mean, it's about a 10 minute job, uh, right. but a good firm will make it look like it takes days. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I was wondering is, you know, is the bond market just re- recovering much slower than the stock oh, market? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, and, yes, yes, yes. So oh, yes. It, it hasn't really. Rec- it hasn't recovered. Yeah, it's not. Every time interest rates go up, it's it, it, it can get beat down. Um, Correct. Is there any? Um, how old are you? Sixty-five. And is there any any other money other than this eight hundred thousand? Yes, there's oh. about one point two million total in my account. This money was from the proceeds of the sale of a home. We had kind of had our fill of California and sold our home, but we were traveling in our motorhome for a year and a half. And I managed to convince, you know, I probably need that marital advice. Oh. I managed to convince my wife to take this money and invest it. <laughs> well, it went from 850 to 720. So it's going back, well, but it's going back Look, in all fairness to your existing advisor, your portfolio may be perfect. I mean, it... it Last year was the worst year for the bond market in in history. I understand, but but if your other part, if you have another one point two million dollars somewhere else, and that is over allocated equities, but this right. is not. This is also not a retirement account. Understand. And is this earmarked for uh, to buy another home in the future? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Then it should probably be. Well, to the, the advisors, to the advisors' credit, um, he did not want to take this money. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Now I understand. Okay, okay, because okay. it's short-term money. It's short-term money, and and it's so the advisor. Short-term. So I know exactly he did what the best happened. He, so he said, "I'm gonna what he did or she. Like, I'm gonna put it in a portfolio. I'm gonna try to be as conservative as I can be, not knowing that it's the first bond, bond market in in history." Uh, not knowing that this major storm in the fixed income market was coming down. Right? Who and, knew, right? And that's what happened. Yeah, well, I mean, to their credit, um, they this portfolio is mostly bond. Um, when do you think you'll buy another piece of property? Um, we're starting that search now. Okay, I'd have it liquidated to cash um, immediately. But then I'm, I'm going to need that marital counseling <laughs> <laughs> well, this, this isn't this is you can't lay all this one on your advisor right. no because no, no, no. You don't what you don't, don't look at what here's what you the worst thing that could happen uh oh. is that you you find the house you're in escrow you go to get the money and suddenly the markets are you know, down even something, further something really weird yeah. happens. but here's what you can do add that account and your account together from your ira the 1.2 million dollars and look to it where it was in July of 2021 the whole and thing. then compare it today <laughs> and see what that number looks like. Right. Because and, and truly, the reason, the reason your advisor, like you said, you said he didn't want to take the money or she didn't want to take the money. It, it's because we don't, the time frame was unknown. It was short, but end unknown, right? You're driving around your motorhome. I've worked with clients. They say they're going to spend three years in the motorhome and after three months they're done. And I've had others right. saying they, they they love the lifestyle. And the next thing you know, it's been eight years they're living in a motorhome. Like so, 
Like he, he, I, I would still be in the motorhome, but my wife needed a little more space. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'd have it. Yeah, I'd have it go, go to, to cash. cash. I'd go to cash. Put, put it in treasury bills or something yeah. high yielding. Yeah, or uh, go to bankrate.com and look up more. the highest yielding money market. And then this Buy is more just, Apple stock because you can't have too much of that, right? Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> not going to touch that. Anyway, appreciate the call. Yeah, I wish you well, uh, Bruce. Hope you guys find that property that um, you yes. want to find. Boy, that was uh, that took some unpacking. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, correct. I know, <laughs> right? That so took people some say, I have money. How, where should I invest it? Like, How do I know? No, it just took some unpacking to try to figure out what percentage of the portfolio well, and was, why and it was what, structured and this why way it was structured. And it all kind of, yeah. Yeah. It did take us a while. We're talking with Jen. Jen, you're worth all worth money matters. Hello. Thanks for taking my call. Hi, Jen. Hello. 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 So, <laughs> so my question is um, kind of just a general education thing for me. I am not really, really into tracking my portfolio, and um, but I've learned a lot listening to your program. And a couple things, something I've heard multiple times, kind of at least in in passing, is something called Roth conversions. And uh, I've heard it mentioned and seems to be that people think it's a good thing, but I don't really understand in general uh, when and why someone would do Roth conversions. Yeah, neither oh. do most Americans, so don't feel <laughs> that. So, <laughs> um, uh, so uh, first of all, IRAs, 401ks, these retirement plans, right? They've got special mm-hmm. tax considerations. So like a traditional IRA or your 401k through your employer, when you put dollars in, when you choose to contribute to them, the dollars that you put in, you get a tax deduction. So if your household income was 100000 you put in 10000 into your 401k, you're taxed just like you only earned 90000 And you'll notice the difference on your W-2. Your taxable mm-hmm. wage is different than your Social Security wage. Um the money grows tax deferred, so as t- years go on, you're not receiving anything that you have to report on taxes, and it's only at the time of retirement when you withdraw money, those dollars then need to be added on your tax return, and they're taxable at that time. Okay, with a Roth, now, are you taxed on the growth? So, say you yes. put in ten, oh yeah, and it turns out to be a hundred. So when you take That's out the hundred, you're taxed on the hundred. Yep, right? and you're taxed as at ordinary income rates, even if you bought some stock that went up tenfold and. It would be taxed as ordinary income. With a Roth, when you make those contributions, you don't get a tax deduction. So you get no tax deduction going in. It all grows tax deferred. And when you pull the money out, it's tax free. So you're making a, you're making a choice and saying, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to forego a tax deduction today, the tax break today in exchange for a tax break in the future. Okay. So that's how Roth works. A conversion is when we take a, some existing dollars that we have today, typically in an IRA or sometimes even a 401k, and we move those into a Roth, some of those dollars. And when we do that, that is called a Roth conversion. We're taking money from a traditional, we're converting it to a Roth. And when we do that, we pay tax on the dollar amount that we chose to convert in that tax year. So when do you do this, Scott? You do this when you are in a lower income tax bracket than you believe you'll be in the future. So couple examples. You're, uh, you're unemployed for six months. You retire at age 62 
and your pension starts at 65 and you're going to have very low income for three years. When you're living off your basic income and you've got your required minimum distributions on your IRA kicking it at age 73. So they are great planning techniques. But you're only going to do it if you believe you're in a going to be in a higher tax bracket in the future than you are today. We, I had this discussion. I uh, will give you a perfect example. I have a daughter that has saved, has worked as a school teacher for the last three years, has put the maximum in every year, um, and gets some money back from her defined benefit pension plan. And she's going to law school. And I said, well, now it, we will start converting this money that was deductible into a Roth IRA over the she's next No year. income. She'll have no income. Okay. So as an older person, does it make sense that like RMDs would be something that would put you in a higher tax bracket in the future? Yeah, but these don't, you want to do these before your RMDs kick in. Right, 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 right. But that's why you would do it now. That's right. It's typically if you have a, it's typically if you have a really good size IRA retirement, right? Like if you got a couple million bucks or something or more. And money uh, on the side to actually pay taxes on the conversion. Are you, are you in that situation? Well, I don't have much of an IRA, but I have a 1.4 401k. <clears throat> okay, and how old are you? How old are you? Uh, 54. And how much do you earn? Well, I'm about to retire, but like 230. And what are you going to live on once you retire? Hopefully, my brokerage account. How much is in the brokerage? Uh, 1.8. 3.2 million. You make 230 a year. You. you, you. You don't have enough money saved. Well, it depends how much you've been living off. What have you been living on? My, I, I've been tracking it pretty well, and it's about, I would say, 110, 120. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, All good. right. You're good. You've got this. So You're you, perfect. You're like to be the perfect candidate to do some Roth conversions. No, 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 the next and, so let's step, let's step back a minute. How old are you now? 54. And when do you retire? Yeah, it's bad timing, unfortunately. Um, In November, um, I had an opportunity to get a pretty good package from my company. I know. The reason I ask is, will you be 55 or older in the year in which you retire? No, I wish I were. I know. Okay, so so here's... But she's got enough in outside dollars. There's no... understand, but maybe she starts a 72T at the same time for a lower amount. In order to actually split the tax, you use, use the, Roth the Roth IRA conversion and, until 59 and a half. Yep. You've got a phenomenal opportunity. Yeah, you for Roth have. Conversion. This is like, you're like you the see, poster. Scott and I are <laughs> arguing over the different techniques, and you're probably thinking, what is he, what is, what are they talking about, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you've got phenomenal yeah. opportunity. You've got an unbelievable opportunity for planning. Unfortunately, if you had been 55 or the year. I know, I know, but I just got this package and okay. I. Well, well listen, the right time no, no, if the they right give time. you a package. It's hard yeah. to deny a package. No, you, you, yeah. you've got some great planning opportunities ahead. Yep. And do you think you'll go back to work? Uh, possibly. I'm going to take at least six months and who knows and see how I feel yeah. and what I think about it all. And, yeah. and I'm not she, against the, it, but and I then she I might not have the I'm planning opportunity for the Roth conversion. You, you, yeah. It's hard to say. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. Well, congrats. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All but right. hire, a good, hire a good, hire a good advisor. Do you work I do for have an advisor? Oh, okay. you do, I do and I in, like them. Yeah. Good. Uh, Just have this conversation. Do you have stock in the company? Stock in the four hundred one k? Uh, 
some, not 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 a terrible amount, but okay. yeah, definitely, I want to get out of that probably. Oh no, no, well, because there's another plenty of technique called uh, net unrealized appreciation, depending upon mm. uh, what the company stock is. Which company is it? Uh, Intel. Don't know how I they can't remember. That. But I know a number of oh, people that get getting... I'm, I'm 99... It's units. It's units. It's they, units. They it units. doesn't work. I, Never mind. But I know a couple people that have gotten those packages. So. All right, Jen. All right, wish thanks, you well. Jen. And just talk to your advisor okay. about um, this plan opportunity. So say you listen to these really smart guys on the podcast. And you listen to All Worst Money Matters, too. <laughs> that is all the time we have. Greatly appreciate you being here with us. Um, if you haven't been to our website in a while, go to allworthfinancial.com. There's lots of great education tools there as well. We'll see you next week. This has been Scott Hansen, Pat McLean, Allworth's Money Matters. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.